You're about to encounter something morbidly macabre. Viewer discretion is advised. said we were back i guess we lied i mean we're back now <laughs> does that count did you miss us we missed you i mean i was doing a lot of shit but I, I still did i promise i thought about it from time to time uh yeah at his own wedding that's the first thing he says the <laughs> podcast yeah your own wedding it's funny because i uh <laughs> i was in line for a ride at disney and I got a work email, and I responded to it. And, Mitchell. And, and the employee was like, what are you doing? <laughs> They're like, why are you emailing me? I, 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 <laughs> and Adam was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing anything. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, yeah. yeah, don't do that. Awesome, man. But yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a while. And I personally hadn't come up with anything, so... I'm happy that uh, Priscilla hit us up on Twitter. The timing was pretty damn good. Yeah. And she just said, hey, you guys ever thought about the 27 Club? I was like, hey, wait a minute. And I think my reply to her was, I'm the old man of the club, so I probably know a lot of those guys <laughs> on there. And uh, she mentioned that uh, maybe I wouldn't necessarily like to be in my 20s anymore now, today's. And I told her, well, well so maybe. you had like a full-on conversation. Yeah. Because I've only talked to her a little bit. Yeah, I told her, uh, I said, oh, maybe if I was in my 20s with the knowledge that I have now, it might be a different story. But Yeah. Which leads me to a question for you guys. Uh-huh. Um, how close are you guys to 27 years old? I have a year. You have a year? I will, a little bit less than a I year. I will be 27 in November. Okay. I'll so be. I don't have much longer to live. No, no. That's not the case. <laughs> that's not Only the case. if we get famous or well known. Yes. Dude, okay, listen. So nobody listen to the podcast. Hit that motherfucking subscribe button. <laughs> right. Let's kill me now. <laughs> Let's kill me. Let's kill me. That segues nicely into one of the pieces of information that I did write down. It has been repeatedly disproven uh-huh. that there is a statistical spike in death for 27-year-old entertainers. They have studied this time and time again. Because of this myth of the 27 Club. Yeah. And they have never found any correlation to age versus infamy and death. Listen. So, but we're, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 I, no. No, I'm saying. <laughs> this can be summed up by a very, very famous, very intelligent, very wonderful quote from the film Talladega Nights, okay? <laughs> You can be second, you can be third, you can be fourth, hell, you can be fifth. Same thing. You can be 23, you can be 24, you can be 25, you can be 26, you can be 27, you can be 28, 29, 30. Yeah. Yeah. Knowledge. Knowledge. Indeed. 
what I was going to ask of each of you then, it, I, I guess I can't reflect back. It's been too many years since I was 27, so I can't reflect back. <laughs> when you think about some of the names on this list, does it give you a greater uh, appreciation for what they accomplished by that age? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about the level of fame of some of these people, and they're just a year or two older than you. Not not downplaying your own personal accomplishments, but I mean on the yeah, world. Yeah, we know we're pieces of shit. No, no, right? no, no. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean on the world stage. Truly, think about it. World stage. Yeah, I mean these are iconic people. These are people who like, especially if you talk about like Cobain and Hendrix. Like they're Hendrix probably more so is probably I would argue is one of the most talented guitarists and musicians that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, in like essence, self-taught. In el- in, yeah. yeah, and let's not forget, in essence, self-taught. I mean, to think of the things that he... Uh, I don't know. I've picked up a guitar here and there in my life and planked around a little bit. Never had any idea that, of what I was doing and never thought that it would go anywhere. For him to start off that way, just kind of plinking away a little bit, and then he's like, wait a minute, let me see what this sound will make. Let's see what this... Yeah, genius-level shit. Yeah? I mean... Stuff that had never been done. I mean, electric is just becoming something to play with all the distortions, all the different sounds things can make. Yeah. I mean, it's... They've achieved their spot in legendary status, rightfully so, but it just makes me think about all the things that these guys accomplished and they're not even 30 years old. And who knows what could have become or what could have been. I don't know. It's I know that's a little heavy, but it's just it, it's just amazing to me. Whenever we talk about certain legends and what they accomplished in a very short amount of time. I don't know. I I kind of at a loss for words, I guess you could say. I, I can't think of anything else to say on that point, but it's it's nuts. Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison? Yeah, I mean I think unpopular opinion but like I don't know if the dude would be as well known if he wasn't so fucked up all the time like I feel like that's what made him who he was you know what I mean like would, would, yeah, would his yeah. art be as iconic if he wasn't so fucked up when he did all that shit like do you think he would have been able to do it cause I don't know I don't know man I mean, I wasn't there, obviously. Right, and I, it's a little before my time, but... But I feel like that's what made that. That, and I think the time, that time in music also. Yeah. I don't know if you throw him into the mid to late 70s or 80s or something like that. I, yeah, I don't know that he makes the splash that he made. Yeah. I think that was another one of those, much like Hendrix, it, it was groundbreaking stuff. People hadn't heard, I mean, what's the end? 11 minutes and some odd seconds, nearly 12 minutes. Oh, lovely. People hadn't heard that kind of thing before. Um, I remember uh, well, my first girlfriend's dad said he never liked the doors because of all the keyboards. You'd realize they didn't have a bass guitar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Manzarek playing the keys was their bass. Yeah. They had a drummer, lead guitarist, a singer, That's and a keyboardist. That's what made them so fucking psychedelic, though. That's what made them right. so fucking wild. But you think about the psychedelic age. I mean, was there anything else that sounded like the Doors? I I can't think of much that sounded. There's some that have some elements. 
Early Pink Floyd kind of flirts with it a little. Yeah, they were they were a little yeah. different, but and and some of your English bands, da- overall. But I don't know that anybody was messing as heavily with with keyboards and just straight up, basically a poet going over the top of music. Well, keyboards was more of an eighties thing. Yeah, a yeah, with synth way. stuff. Yeah, but it, but there again, I mean, not played like. Yeah. You, that's your baseline. Is <laughs> is him playing his keyboard? So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it was something else, and I mean, I'll go ahead and. Just hop on the list here real quick. When I say said earlier, and that maybe this fits better, and you can take care of that if you need to. But where it really became a thing was between 1969 and 71. Several prominent entertainers died at the age of 27, starting on July 3rd, 1969, with Brian Jones, who was uh, yeah. co-founder of the Rolling Stones. Yeah. He drowned in a pool, and. I believe the coroner put the cause of death as uh, it was something to the effect of death by mischief was his yeah. cause of death. Uh, then September 8th, 1970, Jimi Hendrix passed away. I don't know if you guys know the whole story on him. He actually choked on his own vomit. Yeah, I knew that. He had taken a sleeping pill. He was over in Europe. I can't remember which country. And those sleeping pills at the time were far more potent than what he was used to taking over here. Yeah, I remember. I've read or heard somewhere that there's people that were like close to him that there's a rumor that he was poisoned, or they believe that he was misled into maybe misled on what the dosage amount was. But yeah, it. I mean, it's never been in question that he that it was very, very, very likely an accidental overdose on his part. Yeah, I mean, it would show up in the autopsy, yeah. right? Yeah, because it was the amount of this sleeping pill that was in his system that caused him to OD. And then, well, obviously, we don't make this mistake anymore, but they, they strapped him down on a backboard as he was vomiting, and he and he choked on his oh, own vomit. That's dumb. That was yeah. That was his cause of death. Yeah, John Bonham was kind of the same. Yeah, Bonham same was, deal. yep, yep. Uh, then we hop to October 4th, 1970, so, shit, not even a month later, Janis Joplin dies, yeah. oh, heroin overdose, and then we go to July 3rd, 1971, Jim Morrison, cause of death is listed as heart failure. Come on, come on, come on, come on, now touch me, babe! You know it. But they have, people in the 27 Club have died from car crashes, overdoses, suicide, accidents... Even some of them that are listed on that club were, were murdered. So it's all across the board. Um, I know we hit on Brian Jones and Jimi Hendrix's cause of death. Janis Joplin, uh, heroin overdose. There's some speculation that somebody gave her a hot shot. Mm. Um, I don't... Janice really speaks to me. I don't know if you guys know much about her. She was, she always dealt with depression. That was always there. It was always a crutch to fall back on alcohol and heroin. Um, the hotel she was staying at, she was supposed to have her, her man was supposed to be staying with her, but I can't remember why he didn't. And then she went to get this dose and, Was it maybe intentional? Was it was it a lack of really paying attention or a lack of care if it did happen? 
could have been a lot stronger than what she was used to. Could have been a lot stronger than what she was used to. It was a new dealer, a new person that she got it from. I don't know, Janice, Janice breaks my heart. <laughs> if you get the chance, any documentary you can watch on Janice, I would highly recommend it. She breaks my heart because she was always just wanting to be appreciated and fit in. And she dealt with depression, I think, pretty much her entire life. And sought a little solace in that stuff and ultimately led to her demise but yeah i i could go on a janice rant but i will not she just lived in the wrong era man yeah that's all that is yeah for sure yeah. for sure and lived long enough in a pretty repressive area of texas to to, to already have yeah the burden of nobody is going to see me for who i really am yeah by the I time know. she started getting attention for how talented she was She'd already had that those years of disappointment and, and depression under her belt. It didn't matter at that point. Well, I'm sure it mattered to some extent, but it didn't matter to the extent that it should have. The praise that she was getting at that time didn't outweigh all the stuff that she already had going on. Yeah, yeah. And then Jim Morrison found in his bathtub in Paris, France, they like said heart failure. That's been a hot rumor forever. Since Morrison died, there was rumors from the get-go that he didn't die. He faked his own death. He had talked about it before. Like Elvis and Tupac. Yes. yes. <laughs> Jim had actually talked about it with his publicist and the record company. How it would help record sales if he... <laughs> and he had talked about just faking it and ended up down in South America. So, so that led to a lot of the rumors. It didn't help when his girlfriend, who discovered his body, died shortly after. And somebody supposedly asked her at one point in time was Jim really in the tub and they said she just smiled at him and never said anything and then she died took the secret to the grave so to speak and I don't know I think Jim probably reading what I've read on Jim seeing what I've seen on him oh, yeah. I I don't believe that to be the case the human body can only take so much exactly and the one that I read of a theory that I read that that might have some merit to it was that he actually died at a bar. Somebody gave him some heroin and they talked him into trying it and he actually died in a bathroom stall after shooting up and they carried him back up to the apartment. Yeah. That's wild. I mean, he didn't... Everything I've heard and read, he didn't like needles, he didn't like heroin. That's what he didn't like about what Pamela did. Pamela did do heroin and he, he hated seeing the needles and that stuff. But, but you then, don't have to inject heroin. Like no, you don't have to. Most people don't do that their first time. No. That's a quick way to overdose. Right. But it also goes back to, I think I might have talked about it one time previous. I have a, <laughs> I had it on VHS, The Doors Live in Europe. Yeah. And they were talking to Grace Slick, who's with Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson Starship, Starship, whatever incarnation you got, anybody else out there listening may know. They started as Jefferson Airplane, and Grace talked about them going, just walking the streets of whatever city they were in, and she's like, and people are just handing us handfuls of stuff, pills, joints, baggies, all this stuff, and we're just politely saying thanks and putting it in our pockets, and she's like, and Jim is ingesting everything as it's handed to him. He just does it. Mm -hmm. 
And of course, he ended up hospitalized, and Ray had to be the lead singer that night. And they were like, "Yeah, he he put himself in the hospital because he just." And she's like, "That's my Jim Morrison stories. He just whatever somebody handed him, he he did it right there, no questions asked." So, the idea of being fucked up, drunk, as he most likely would have been in a bar, and somebody saying, "Hey, give this a whirl, Jim," and him doing it, I, I can 100% see that. It seems to fit with his personality. So. Take that for what you want. <laughs> Take you it or leave it. You don't want no part in this, Dewey. <laughs> you don't want no part in this. <laughs> no, Dewey. And this he never paid for drugs. Not once. <laughs> what is this cocaine? Nah, Jesus. How, how do I know that would somehow get in here? It has to at this point. Mm-hmm. Every, every episode's got a Dewey Cox Easter egg. Uh, I suppose. It. I think that's what I'm going to fall asleep to tonight. Oh, boy. Uh, so worth it. Yeah. Classic of a movie. <laughs> we gonna light a candle tonight. <laughs> so good. Oh, so bad. I done a bad thing. <laughs> Cut my brother in half. So bad. So bad. <laughs> uh. I'm going to throw a few more out there. Okay. Those guys that I hit, Jimmy, Janice, and Jim were the ones that made me aware of the 27 Club. Yeah. I remember when Kurt Cobain I would say Kurt Cobain's not in that list. No, I, re- I remember when he died, but I knew about the 27 Club way before that. Okay. And another crazy one, they used to actually play music videos on MTV. <laughs> that was the bulk of their... <laughs> I never uh, would program. have thought. Yeah, that was the bulk of the program. I only watch it for 16 Sweet and pregnant. Sweet oh, <laughs> yeah. I love how you knew where I was going. No. <laughs> no. What it, the fuck, Mom? <laughs> I didn't want a fucking white Lambo. My favorite flavor of Popsicle is dick. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, Brian. Have you what? ever seen that video? No. It's like this, like, I don't know, she's like 12. And she, she's in a car and she says it. They're like making fun of 16 and pregnant. Oh, boy. No. <laughs> no, I have not. 16. But they also, uh, if you watch any of these documentaries now on the 80s and 90s, he's always on there. Kurt Lauder used to do MTV News. Mm-hmm. I think it was maybe a 10-minute maybe a show, like at the top of the hour or something like that. But I remember Nirvana hits... Uh, they become huge. Kurt and Courtney get together. I have feelings about they, Courtney Love. Right. They go <laughs> a couple of award shows, and they're both clearly messed up. They have Francis, and there's questions about their abilities as parents, and are they shooting up around her and all this good stuff. And then Nirvana's on tour. It might have been Italy. And he had an episode. He checks into rehab. And I remember that news story. And then it was shortly thereafter. I, I don't recall. I didn't research it for the episode. I apologize. I think it was maybe three days. He checks out. Escapes yeah, the rehab center. Yeah, he jumped center. the fence, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he gets out of the rehab center. And when they reported that he had disappeared from the, the, the center... I just knew. 
And I told a few friends at the time, I said, the next report we're going to hear about Cobain is him being dead. Didn't necessarily tell myself suicide, but I knew it was going to be shortly thereafter. And it was. It did not come as a surprise. Much like I feel like if I would have been alive and appreciated Morrison at the time, I, I feel like I would have seen the writing on the wall with him too. And with Cobain, I saw the writing on the wall. I knew it was coming. So it wasn't the huge shock to me that it was to everybody else. And I, I'm not sure why it was a shock to everybody else. I mean, if, if I'm, not, I'm not even a big Nirvana fan. But I felt like if you paid any attention, and maybe some of the people that it wouldn't have been in their best interest to say it. Like, I mean, maybe Kurt Lauder when he, <laughs> he probably wasn't gonna, he probably wasn't going to be allowed to say, well, I see what's coming. Probably have to play it up. But either way, I, that one did not surprise me. Um, and I, I didn't even immediately put the 27 club together with him. I, I just didn't. And then when they said it, I was like, yep, okay, they're going to, they're going to throw him in there with everybody else. But I thought I found this one for you, Austin. Because I, I didn't realize this. Going back to 1938. Do you know who it is? No. They're throwing him in as a member of the 27 Club. Mr. Robert Johnson. The Blues Man. I did not know that. Robert Johnson was 27 years old when he died in 1938. I don't think I know who Robert Johnson is. Yes, you do. We've talked about this. Have we? Yes. Was I drunk? No. <laughs> the Crossroads. Oh, oh, I'm an idiot. Blues yeah, legend okay. Robert Johnson. I'm an idiot. Yeah, I'm an Supposedly idiot. sold his really? soul at the Crossroads. Yes. He and was, that was in 1938. 1938. I, I knew he was young. I didn't realize he was 27. So they, they consider him part of the 27 Club. Really? He died by strychnine poisoning. He was sitting on a bartender's or a bar owner's wife. Drank from an open bottle after people told him not to, and within a couple days he was dead. Is this the same dude? I feel like there's a documentary about like the best musician that ever lived that died young or some shit. I'm like sure he's on it. The devil. I'm sure he's. Shit. I'm sure he's on it. Yeah, and there's also a Netflix one. Uh, I I don't remember what it's titled. There is even a movie that I thoroughly enjoy, and I don't give a shit what anybody says. Mm. It's, I can't remember if it's late 80s, early 90s. It's called Crossroads, not the Britney Spears one that ruined the name. <laughs> I love that movie, man. It's so good. <laughs> but it's Crossroads with Ralph Macchio. And Ralph Macchio is a, a fan of Robert Johnson. He's working at an old folks' home. He's talking to a, a guy that says, I, I used to play with Robert Johnson. So he helps him bust out, and they're going to try to find... <clears throat> I. And here again, I didn't research this part. My apologies. I don't remember how many recordings there are of Robert Johnson. He only laid down like 20-some tracks. Wow. And they were searching for his... There was, uh, there was always rumored that there was another track out there. And that's the whole premise of this movie. They bust him out. This, this guy says, I can help you find Robert Johnson's lost song. They end up taking a tour through the South. <clears throat> and it all culminates with... Ralph Macchio having to play against the devil's man for his own soul because he had because Willie Brown the guy that he broke out had sold his soul and didn't get the fame that he was supposed to get so they have a guitar duel at the end and it's in front of the devil and 
yeah yeah to, to retrieve his soul so i'm not a girl not yet a woman Good old uh, Crossroads. It's the song from Crossroads, uh, man. Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm sorry. Never had an interest in that one. Oh, that uh, goddess of a woman that is, you know? I, th- I thought you were joking. I didn't okay. think you'd actually seen that movie. Come on, you guys. <laughs> Come on. What do I look like to you? Come on. I am a cultured being, okay? A worldly uh, man. I, a I like to think I'm the same, but human. I didn't have any interest in seeing that. Listen, <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it. Listen. Yeah. Britney Spears and me, we're on, we're on good terms. Okay, we're on good terms as of right now. Okay. So. I'm gonna get. I'm getting ready to open a can of worms for you, Austin, because you started it. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna. And he's at you tonight, man. Yeah. He's, he's at your throat. Yeah. Well, you might. You might have some thoughts on this too. I think. Okay. All, right. All right. Because I'm gonna go ahead and jump up to the next one that everybody knows, and that is Kurt. Died. By, air quotes, suicide. Yep. April fifth, nineteen ninety four. Yep. I'm going to follow that up very quickly because you mentioned Courtney and your thoughts. Her bassist, the bass player for Hole, uh, Kristen, I hope I say this right, I believe it's PAF, it's P-F-A-F-F, died June 16th, 1994. So only a couple months after Kurt of a heroin overdose. Obviously, the Courtney Love connection is there because she had been the bass player for Hole for a while. So do we think Courtney is just a toxic individual, or what do we think here? Here's how I feel about it, because I've heard a lot of mixed things, and I've seen a lot of interviews about it. So just to get, like, facts straight, Courtney Love did not find Kurt in that home, correct? Like, I'm under No, that, it was a gardener. Right? It was a gardener or a housekeeper. Yeah, it was somewhere, because she didn't even know where he was. I hear right. a lot of people saying, like, oh, she killed him. And, like, maybe she inadvertently killed him by enabling him. And that's how I boil it down to. But her interviews, she seems like she holds in a lot of guilt. Like, she just gives off that vibe, like, when she talks or when she deals with questions. I think she it's because she let him go because I don't think people knew where he was for like days. Like he right. was gone yeah. for days. At right. Time. And I see that in her now. At the time, I'm not going to lie. At the time, I just saw her as playing off of his fame any way she could. Well, I think there's truth. To there's that, truth though. to that. But I think part of that, too, is that she was just like him. She was always fucked up. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, always yeah. fucked up. And I yeah. think she was always just looking for where she was going to fucking score, yeah. whether that was with Billy Corgan with the Pumpkins, whether that was with Hole, whether that was with whoever. I don't think, I don't think, I think it took her a long time to like reflect back on her fucking life and like think, mm-hmm. wow, what the fuck? And I don't yeah. know if she still has done that. I don't know. But. And I, and I will also go so far as to say I bought that whole album, the uh, Live Through This. I enjoyed it immensely. Was and there was always, him? yeah, and there was always the rumor that that Kurt probably wrote a few songs on that album. It's mm. not credited, I don't think, but that was always the thing: is did he basically write that their biggest album? Mm. I, I don't know, but I thought that yeah, I don't think Courtney was I. I see those two almost like a Sid and Nancy type of situation, and I don't know how much you guys know about Sid and Nancy, but. I think there are people that are just bad for each other, but can't 
quit each other either. I think Courtney Love's bad for everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that situation, those two coming together, I think that definitely quickened Kurt's demise. I think it could have just as easily been her dying of an OD, young. Obviously, her bass player was into that. I mean, that was... That was well, certainly a Seattle-type thing, though. But let's... Okay, if we're going to talk about that, let's do it the right fucking way. Okay. Right? Let's, let's, let's give all the opportunity, right? Have you guys read a suicide note? Yeah, I remember. It? I remember her reading it, and that see that's that okay. that rubbed me wrong when she w- sat out there with the fans and read right, it all. Right. So, and the only reason I bring this up is because I think a lot of people that struggle with what he has struggled with his whole life mm-hmm. will understand this. Like, he basically says that he feels guilty because he has all this fame, all this stuff that's supposed to make him happy, and he's fucking not. Right. And he hated going on stage and having to act like he fucking was enjoying his life when, in fact, he was not. And he hated having to put on a face for people like all these fans that would come and risk everything and drop everything just to fucking see his show Mm -hmm. and have to act like he appreciated that. Because deep down, he did not. Because he just did not give a shit. And he he felt bad about having to put a face on with Courtney and his Mm -hmm. kid. And I think that he was just at a state where he finally came to peace with like, I just don't want to fucking be here. I don't think I was meant to be here. I'm not happy. I don't think I'm ever going to be happy. I'm going to fucking just end this shit now and make everybody's life better. Yeah. That's basically what he says, right? Right. So right. when you read that, the only reason why I totally fucking buy into that is because I've met people in my life that totally feel that fucking way. Like all the time. Like they mm-hmm. just feel like everybody around them they could give two shits about and they want to like they want to feel that but they just don't have whatever you need to feel they just don't have it. right right so i get it i understand i get it do you yeah. know fun fact about his suicide note do you know who it was addressed to it was addressed to his childhood imaginary friend yeah i find that very interesting because it kind of puts in the perspective of like, he really wasn't trying to, like, commu- he didn't care that other people knew why he was dying. It was more for himself of yes. revisiting that part of him and saying, yeah, okay, like, this is done. I'm just but that just solidifies it. his feelings in that note because, yeah, right. he isn't writing it for anyone. Like, it's not for anyone. It's solely for it's himself. It's just solely for him to read it and come to peace with, like, yeah, this is how I fucking feel. Let's go. I'm done. Hmm. I'm over yeah, I guess I didn't recall that. but And as much as Janice breaks my heart, I, and as much as I'm not a big Nirvana fan, the bit I know about Kurt, that one, that one kind of hurts a little bit too because my take on it, and you guys have changed it just a little bit with what you just t- said, but my take always was, without diving way deep into it, he felt like he needed to put his art out there. He wanted his art out there for, for people to consume but he didn't want the fame that went along with it. Mm-hmm. And he just never could handle that part. I think he absolutely loved making music and writing songs. And I'm sure he appreciated that people appreciated what he was doing, but he didn't want to have to do all the rest. And that was too much. He couldn't handle it. There's a really good quote from his mom when Nirvana was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 
and she accepted the award on his behalf. Uh-huh. And she was saying a story about how when the album Nevermind first came out, mm-hmm. and she was with Kurt, and Kurt was like, "Hey, mom, my new my new album is out. Do you want to listen to it?" And she said that I had to like listen to it as loud as I could, like up, 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 up. And she was like, "I listened to the first track, and I just fucking knew that like this was this was it." And she said, "This is what got me." This she said that he would really appreciate. This moment in time of his band being, like, broadcasted to the world by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then she's like, he wouldn't say that. He wouldn't tell you that he thinks this is cool. But deep down, he would. When she said that, I was like, wow. Yeah. Because that just adds a whole other layer. Like, do you think that's true? Do you think that maybe deep fucking down he's still, you know, fucking... Because I don't know, like... He's a hard one, man. He is. Because like yeah. I said, another thing you have to take into account, too, is when he was gone for days at a time, he was probably fucked up the entire time. Oh, I like, have little yeah. doubt. And just yeah. spiraling out of control. Yeah. So, because that's another thing. Like, when people are already suicidal, and then they're spiraling, and they're out of fucking control, I mean, it's really only a matter of time. Really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've met people that... You know, that are suicidal and the reason that they don't do it is because they, you know, they can get the help or because they can address right. that or whatever. But it's the ones that, like, don't fucking tell anybody and they just go away and they just keep fucking spiraling and they mm-hmm. keep using drugs. They keep drinking and it's just, it's that shit that just, like, your brain starts to tell you, like, yeah, yeah, here we go. Yeah, and that's why I said it wasn't a surprise to me. I guess maybe my, my little psychological mind, even in... 94 which puts me what 21 years old even then i was born yeah so even at that point in time i yeah when he took off from the rehab i knew it was coming next i knew it was coming yeah yeah yeah. so yeah well that's another layer too he was probably in rehab and he's thinking to himself like i can't fucking do this again right i can't go through and that's what i thought is he was i mean as we've been talking yeah he probably day two day three or whatever and he's just like yeah, this is all kind of a facade, and I really don't care to deal with it anymore. Yeah. Hops the fence, gets the hell out of there. Because that's another stereotype, too. Like, addicts that go to rehab numerous times and numerously go through, like, the withdrawals and the bullshit mm-hmm. and the programs, it gets to a point where you're like, I, I can't fucking do this anymore. Right. Like, this is just not a thing. Right. So. And and do I even want to? Exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. Because that's, that's the thing. That's the thing with addicts, man. That's the thing. Like, you can go through that shitty fucking process and get all the way through and then still die. You know what I mean? Like, after going through all that shit. Like, think about that. Going through the grueling fucking process of getting your body just slightly on the right fucking path and Mm -hmm. just starting to fucking, you know, taste things when you're supposed to taste again. Right. You know, smells and looking at the earth the way it's supposed to and building those relationships again. And there's just that fucking switch that's just like... Okay, let's yeah. do this again. Yeah, especially with heroin. Yeah, like you can't just stop heroin; you will no. die. You have yes. to. Was it Narcan and methadone? You yeah. have to have one of those two to like wean yourself off. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's that shit's no joke. It blows my mind. Like you have to know, going into it, that that is the end. Like yes. I, I understand why people do that because they don't care. They have hit that point, but it blows mm-hmm. my mind why anybody would put that garbage in their body. But I asked a guy once when I was working at the jail. 
he'd been in a number of times. We'd always gotten along. Uh, this time when he came in, I'm, I'm doing his fingerprints, and he's still, he's still on his high. And I just, I just flat out said, not even to make a name, I just, I, I said, can I ask you a question? He's like, sure. And I was like, what do you get from this? Knowing what all the things that it's going to do to you, what do you get out of it? And he's like, it is just a, it, it is absolutely an escape from everything. Yeah. I know yeah. when I get ready, when I, when I'm loading up that needle, I know it's all getting ready to go away. Yeah. And that appeal at that time is enough to make me forget about everything else and not worry about when I come down and am I going to be able to score again? He's like, none of that even crosses my mind. And I was like, fair enough, man, I get it. I understand that concept. Not enough for me to th- want to try it, though. You <laughs> right, know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, I, so I can understand the concept of it, of just the escape and kind of being almost between a waking and a, and a sleep state. I can understand the, the appeal of that. But I can't understand knowing everything else that's going to go along with it either. And, and justifying its worth. There. That's why help is so important for everybody. Because yeah. the biggest thing for me is a lot of people don't have the same luxuries that like Austin or I would have, right? Right. Like, we have really good family support systems that like no matter what the fuck we get ourselves into, we have that to fall back on. And like mm-hmm. that's you know, shockingly that's not the fucking norm. Like, a lot of these people don't oh, yeah. have that. Yeah, no. And that's what gets them to, to resort to this yeah. shit, right? And I know he didn't. I, yeah. I, I know he didn't. Yeah, yeah. So, that's another thing, too. Because, like, I used to get... When I was younger, I used to get so pissed. Because I'd be like... Because I'd be like, you am like, what the fuck is, like... What's the deal with this? Like, why do you put your fucking self in right. this shit? Like, what... It, like, I don't understand. And and it took me a while. And, that, like I said, that's a big part of it. Like, some of those people, like, that's what they have. Like, they go back to their fucking shitty apartment they don't have any family they don't have any friends mm-hmm. they have a shit job they don't give a fuck about anything and that's what they have that's what yeah. makes them feel any sort of like right worth to live right yeah and on the flip side of that coin there was another inmate that i remember i i have to say remember fondly and he and it saddened me he ultimately died from an od and and you could see that one coming but i met his mom and he had the support yeah. He had, he even had some finances. And the reason I say fondly is because when I would talk to this guy when he was clean and, and in the jail after he'd gone through the withdrawals, this guy was fucking whip smart. Yeah. I like to think I'm a smart guy. He taught me shit that I had no clue about. Uh, talking about, you know, some of the things in the, in the Middle East we got on Saddam Hussein one time, and he talked to all about the religious versus cultural aspects of everything that was going on over there. And I'm like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> and and the guy would read just volumes in the jail. You know, we we called it the goodie cart. You take the goodie cart around every morning for their essentials, and they can get a book. And he just consume a book a day. Wow! I'm like this guy is something else. And he, and they talk about the monkey on your back. He just couldn't fucking stay away, and he ended up killing himself with it. Yeah. So, it doesn't seem to matter. Once it gets his claws into you, what you're out. Or I mean, 
yeah, you're more susceptible if you got nothing else. But I think even if you have everything and you decide, oh, I'm going to give this a whirl. Yeah. yeah. It's all about self-control, man, too. That's another big part of it. Yeah, because if you're going to be messing around with that kind of shit, yeah. I mean, you have to fucking, you have to want to be clean. And you I don't, have to yeah. need to be clean. And I don't know that this guy ever wanted to be. No, exactly. That, like I said, and that's, that, and that's what made me sad is because he, ah, even thinking about him now, <laughs> it yeah, makes yeah, me yeah, sad because no. that guy, had, he had it upstairs. And I don't know why. Don't it, believe me, man. Austin and I have seen this shit firsthand. Yeah, yeah we it's, grew up. It's, yeah, it's we not. grew up in a very heroin-heavy environment. I'm 97 percent sure that probably most of Mitchell and I's associates are on heroin. I know a few are yeah. confirmed. Wow. There's there's a dude that I was childhood friends with there that I would have never thought that it would get to him. Mm-hmm. And he got so bad in high school that his parents moved him away, and I have not seen him since. I haven't talked to him since. He like fell off the face of the fucking earth. He could be dead for all I know. I don't. Right. Know. But yeah, it's it's wild. And I'm talking like kind of similar to what you said. This dude was fucking really smart. Mm-hmm. He was witty. Like he was really fun to be around. And yeah, it was just like overnight. He just fucking yeah. he got in with the wrong people with the wrong shit, and it was game over. And like I said. Not to be like the old the old dad loner shit person in this, mm-hmm. but like everybody says like, you know, marijuana is the gateway drug. But for nah, him it def well, but yeah. for him it definitely was though, because like he got into fucking um, you know, he got into smoking it and he got into buying it off of the deep web and selling it that way, and then he thought he was fucking cool, and then all of a sudden he got in with the crowd and then his friends was like, You ever fucking try this? You ever try this? You ever try this? And then he fucking yeah. found it and he was like, Yep, okay, that's it. Yeah. I'm in. Like I said, like I said, it it's different for everybody, but some like I said, some minds work that way. Like they fucking oh, sure. they find the first thing and they're like, Okay, I like this and then they keep going and they keep going. And then they find the one thing and they're like, Okay, yeah. That's well, see, fucking it. That's where it ties into my my psychology and my love of of the serial killers and stuff, trying to figure them out. Is is you hit on something that I, I know I've used this terminology before. But it's uh, it's exactly the same, and we can relay it to that. Is they taught you in your mind, you make allowances. So he was probably all right. I'm a real straight and narrow. Somebody, oh, weed sounds fun, so I'm I'll allow myself to try the weed. Yeah. Hey, that wasn't so bad. Now I'll make another allowance for the next thing. So yeah, yeah. it is there certainly a psychology, and it doesn't matter what your background is. So yeah, I'm gonna hop back on the list for a moment, guys. I'm sorry. Um, and you might not recognize the name. I remember when this one happened, November 12th, 2003, Jonathan Brandis was an actor. You both have seen the nineties version of it with Tim Curry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's the one that played Bill. Okay. Okay. He became kind of a teen heartthrob. He got a few movies. I think his last one was called Ladybugs where he was, uh, on a soccer team that was Uh-oh. whatever, but yeah. but Jonathan Brandis he committed suicide. He was 27 years old. Next big letter name is July 23rd, 2011. Amy Winehouse alcohol yeah. poisoning. Uh, that's another one that I don't think anybody was surprised. And there yeah. there again toxic relationship. That one's fucked up too. That's a toxic yeah. relationship. I mean, her boyfriend was always fucked. Always fucked. She had said that she inevitably would join that club. Yeah. Well, I, I think she probably did that she once knew. she got with him. Yeah. Because that dude was a major heroin pro. had a major prayer. I think he was, 
and uh, the little bit that I read about that, I, he wasn't around when she did that, and she he wasn't around the time that she OD'd so bad that she had to go to rehab. He wasn't there because he was in jail for all his stupid shit. And he, admittedly, he said, I think he, in a few interviews, he, I absolutely love heroin more than anything in this world. See, the tragic thing about her watching, like, docu- like the documentary on her and all the other stuff is in the beginning of her career, you wouldn't think that, you wouldn't see it at all. But she was just such a loving person with such a big heart that when she found somebody that she cared for, that was it. Like, she fucking attached yeah. to them tight and that and that's what happened right that's it yeah yeah you, you have you have to know when enough is enough right and that right. that that sucks because yeah watching her just steadily decline and it's just all her fucking decision at the mm-hmm. end of the day it's just yeah because wasn't her i mean wasn't her dad like i mean like die hard for her like, baby you got to do it I, th- I thought she had a good family behind yeah her it's <sighs> It's complicated. I don't, okay. I don't want to say he's very, like... He's not, like, the fucking saint in the story either. Like, I think he was trying to help her, but I also think that he created a lot of stress in the situation okay. for her. Okay, fair enough. I wouldn't say he was, like, the savior or anything. Okay. I don't really think there was really a savior. Yeah, in the it doesn't story sound like it. You know, between the dude and the paparazzi and the fucking rehab and her parents and her success and all of that, all in such a short span of fucking time. Right. And she was such a fragile person to begin with. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was a hard one to understand and to read about and to watch about. It was... Yeah. That, that was a hard one. It kind of, you know, <clears throat> similar to kind of... Because I know we talked about... Uh, I know we talked about Little People a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar. I mean, there's similarities. Well, How sounds old was he when he died? 20... He was younger. He, he was, was like 21 or 22. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he might even be younger than us, to be honest. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like what you're saying about Amy is what I know about Janice. I don't know much about Amy. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I can see some parallels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Similarities, okay. for sure. And the last one... Oh, sorry, go ahead. A quick side tangent. Yeah. Do you feel, because I've heard this argument before, and I, I think there's some truth to it, do you think that the music industry, like, as an industry, as in, like, I'm a singer and I'm contracted to do this... Mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. Do you think it is more professional than it was back then? And that's why, like, drugs are obviously, drugs and abuse are still popular in the music industry. They always will be. But I've heard arguments that say, you know, it was a little bit more loose and it was a little bit more encouraged and you were just kind of, like, left more... You didn't have a producer (laughs) over you saying, like, hey, we need to be doing this, or at least it wasn't that, like in your face do you you find any like truth to that like growing up like seeing that yes and no yes and no i can see both sides and that's why i I would say yes and no i'm gonna say yes that i think it's far different than it used to be i don't know like you said it's always going to be there but i know now a lot of these companies view that as an investment and they got to protect the investment i mean you hear right you hear about celebrity babysitters more now than you ever would have back then i mean can you imagine who was it a and r records saying hey watch jim for us you're babysitting jim for us never fucking flew never would have flown and i'd jim janice jimmy i i think they already 
you got to remember at the time, the Doors debut album blew up. Oh, yeah. They'd made their money. I think they probably were of the opinion that, hey, we got a kick-ass album out of these guys that's making us a shit ton of money. Yeah, we want to ride that train, but we're not necessarily going to worry too much about the parts in the train. I think there was a lot of that, and I know there's people that can speak to it a lot more than I can, but I feel like, <clears throat> yeah, because, I mean, you hear stories about the Stones and all kinds of bands in the studio. They had the, the table with the lines on it, bottles all over the place. I mean, it's right there in the studio, right in front of everybody, and that's just what it was. I don't think you'd hear those stories now. You might hear some bottles around the place. I mean, you might see some alcohol around mm. in the studio. The but rap, I don't think the the rap community's still pretty. Yeah, but even that, I mean, it, don't I don't know. I, I guess I don't know, but I, I could see that mostly being. I, I know a lot of them are probably smoking in the studio, and they probably some drinks. But I mean, are we talking hardcore shit right there in the studio? Potential, I guess, because like rock <clears throat> and roll is not really as prevalent anymore. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like the rap pop game and uh you know metal ish you mm-hmm. know um but yeah i mean like i said i would say yes and no i the only reason i say that is cuz it seems like every decade there's a few stories that come out that are kind of similar like the one that gets me the most is uh so back in uh i think it was like 2000 some like in that era, um, there was a boy band group called Dream Street. I don't even the know main that member in that is Jesse McCartney. He's the dude that had a couple big hits like when Austin and I were like kids. But okay. before that, he was in this boy band, and we're talking like it's not like Backstreet Boys, like they're like kids, like okay. kids, like probably like preteens or teens, right? And they only made one album, and they got disbanded. Because the parents of those kids found out that the record label was, like, giving them drugs. Was, like, oh. getting them drugs and getting them women and, like, sexualizing well, them. Well, yeah, I was going to say, was, see, yeah, there is that aspect, too, where they entice you with these things. Yeah. To do their bidding. Yeah. So. And like I said, I know that that's 20 years ago, but, I mean, that's still years after oh, yeah. the era that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And like I said... The, the 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 breadcrumbs that I see, right, is, like, Miley Cyrus is a great example. Like, you see her from, like, her fucking Disney Channel days, and then you watch the fucking years go, you're like, something happened there. Because mm-hmm. she's fucking went off, like, the deep end multiple times. Mm-hmm. You know, Demi Lovato, another great fucking, another great example. Went off the fucking deep end many times, still is. Um, yeah. Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. I just had to look that up because I don't know how much you guys know about this situation. It's a really dumb situation. Well, anything with him, yeah. Yeah. And it's not indirectly. It's indirectly his fault. It's not directly his fault. At least it's not confirmed. But uh, like like prescription cough syrup coating. Like you're familiar with, you know, it's very popular in the hip hop community Mm -hmm. and it's grown a thing. Lil Wayne. Yeah, Activists used to be the main pharmaceutical manufacturer uh, for that. And they actually had to shut down because their version of that cough syrup is what everyone was seeking out. And I don't remember all the details and a lot of it's like hearsay. 
But Justin Bieber got involved with something and it became public. And shortly after that, activists closed as a pharmaceutical company because uh, there is some statistic that came out. And I, if I remember correctly, uh, more people were getting their hands on the substance illegally than they were actually being right. prescribed. Uh, and at that point, they just had to shut the product down. And, now, and there's a million pharmaceutical companies out there that oh, manufacture yeah. it. Um, but that was, that was a big deal when yeah. activists close its doors because uh, 2 chains threw like uh, a two chains about it. Yeah, I, I don't know why that... I, I always, like, not really laugh at it, but it's kind of humorous to think yeah. about. But they ruined a whole pharmaceutical company. Sick. Wow. Well, I suppose I see it, though. I, my last one for you, gents, that I picked out was Anton Yelchin. I was wondering if you were going to bring that up, because if you yep. weren't, I was, because that's one for me. Yeah. June 19th, 2016, and this is the craziest one, I think, in the whole list. Yeah, so tell the story, because it's yeah. fucking crazy. Accidental blunt traumatic asphyxia was what uh, that's said his cause of death was. So you know how, right? Yeah, he was okay. in. it was his driveway, wasn't it? Yes. I know it was his vehicle, his driveway. Uh... I think they ended up suing the car manufacturer. I they can't remember should, who it was. They didn't, yeah. I can't remember which one it was. It was a. It was a. Because yeah, the car ran. It was a him Lexus over, or an Audi he, or something. Yeah. yeah, it it was parked, and somehow started to roll. And a slow roll. It wasn't a huge incline, so I'm sure he was thinking like most everybody thinks. He got behind it and he was trying to stop it, and it crushed him between mm. the car, and he had. Uh, like brick pillars that had the gate for his driveway pinned him in between there and the weight of it yeah asphyxiated mm. him yeah just absolutely insane i remember when that hit and i didn't really know him i didn't realize he'd been in the number of things that he had been in at that point everybody knows that i know him as Chekhov from the new star trek movies but yeah he's in some of my favorite movies man like green room is fantastic I was going to say, he started when he was real young, didn't he? Oh, yeah. No, he's in that. He's in a movie called Charlie Bartlett. Fantastic. I remember. Okay, yep, I remember that. Um, I think one of the last, if not the last movie he did was Thoroughbreds. Great fucking movie. Yeah. He's done a lot of good shit. Yeah, and that's that was the whole thing. They said he I mean, he extremely promising career ahead of him. Yeah, he was. Because he'd yeah, already done a bunch. Yeah, he wasn't done. That was highly praised at a very young age. and Yeah. Yeah, that one was just absolutely insane. I think it was a Lexus. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be stuck yeah. on that now. But it was an SUV, and yeah, it, it started rolling. He got in behind it, tried to stop it, and it, it pinned him up against a wall. And that's that's the craziest entry that I know of in the 27th Club. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the list of ones that I thought people could pick out. Like I said, when I typed it in, there's there's obviously tons and tons of articles on this. The people, as we tend to reverse engineer a lot of things, people have obviously gone digging because, like I said, there's some that I found from the 1800s uh, all around the world. I mean, we're talking European composers, dancers. Uh, there's some more underground type, too. There were some rappers that had been murdered at the age of 27. Is it Biggie Smalls? No, it was not names that I knew. Which, Get a grip, which, motherfucker. Which isn't saying much, but a lot this of... This song is dedicated. <laughs> Trying to get some money to feed my dog. It's all good, baby, baby. <laughs> no, I think... 
How old was Biggie? I don't know. He Dude, he had to be around there. Yeah, but he wasn't a member. I no, I'm no. pretty sure Biggie was in his early 30s. Really? Already? Maybe. But, no, it wasn't any names I recognized. And I like to think I'm a little bit up on pop culture enough to recognize some, so. No, no, I was way off. He was 24. Yeah, 24 he when he passed away. Wow, okay, I always thought he was way older. No, I knew he was young. Fuck all you hoes. And Tupac grip. was... Yeah, I don't know how old Tupac was either, I guess. He would have been, I think, in the same boat. I thought he was a touch older, wasn't he? he I think he was, yeah. Not by much, though. No? Oh, yeah, 25. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. It just seemed like he'd done a lot, too, in his short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Tupac. You only I like mean, one or the other, man. You can't like both. You're either east side or you're west side. And that's that. Okay. Stack. I will confess to never hearing anything that I, that I know was Biggie. I don't think I've ever heard any Biggie stuff. What? Really? What yeah. are you talking about? I'm talking about... A you dinner. were living under... Dude, that was like your prime years. You were living under a damn No, it park. wasn't. When is this? <laughs> it's mid-90s. Mid-90s. All right. So I'm in my 20s. Yes. To golden years. What the fuck, man? I didn't pay seven club years. I didn't pay attention to rap after high school, for the most it part. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. No. Salt and Pepper and Heavy D up on the limousine. Now, see, okay. I remember Salt and Pepper and Heavy D. Yeah, I know you do. I forgot about Salt. And I know. Uh, no, I mean. NWA was huge in high school. Me? So you've okay, so you've heard NWA, but you haven't heard Yeah. It. Come on. What the fuck? I, <laughs> I, I surprise people by rapping NWA. They're like, what you what? You Did you listen to The Chronic by Dr. Dre? Yeah, I might like, I, don't know, I don't know if I don't know if I've heard the whole album. No, because I'd started falling off by then. I mean i I think I listened to Easy E's first solo thing. But then after that I just kinda stopped paying attention. Talk about a group that got fucked by their record label. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've even listened to any of Ice Cube's of solo stuff. I'm sure I haven't. So, but and, his acting career, though. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so think of me what you will, but, yeah, I... I Keep your dirty dick <laughs> away. From NWA, Easy e uh, oh, I, I know I had a couple other ones. I listened to Hostile, uh, Two Live Crew, Ghetto Boys. Oh, I love Ghetto Boys. Yeah. So Ghetto I, Boys does Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster, right? That's Ghetto I Boys. believe so. Yeah, and read these Nikes, and yeah, they they do all kinds of horror rap type of shit. Yeah. Bushwick Bill and the Boys. Yeah. I'll show you some horror rap. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you. Oh, you're going to bring up... Uh... <laughs> Dude, I was just... Felicia Geisha. I was just listening to... Oh, uh, trash. You've talked about that before. Yeah, trash. yeah, I was just listening to Dirty the other day with Dylan, and man, yeah. Oh. <laughs> just listening to his stuff now, after knowing what he's actually done now. You're like, like, oh, it adds up. It's tasty, yeah. man. Yeah, that's that's about it for my he rap He makes that game. shit creamy like Dan. She Dude, don't, like a don't, don't take Danimals <laughs> away from me. Like, hey, you did. That's his lyrics. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. Anytime I listen to... Anytime I listen to his song where he raps about children, it just gives me like... 
Yeah, it just it, it Ooh, it's just yeah. wild. <laughs> it's fucking wild. Like Dylan and I were looking at each other and we're like, man. <laughs> Like he really means it. Like, well, that's the th- okay. That's the thing. For years, I'd listen to this, and it'd be like in the very back of my head because he'd rap about it a lot. So I'm just like, "Fuck, man!" Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you wouldn't think that he'd be so forward about it. Like, you'd think like whatever. But yeah, no. It's sometimes the best covers out in the open. Dude, I'm telling you. Because yeah, some of the shit he would rap about, like, it almost makes me think. It makes me believe everything he raps now. Like. <laughs> he raps about like having herpes. I'm like, the motherfucker probably has herpes, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. It's wild. I reckon that's. Unless you gents have anything to add, I suppose that's probably the 27 Club. Thank you again, Priscilla, for uh, recommending it. Uh, yeah, that was a fun topic. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I hate to say a good time, but I mean, helped refresh my memory on some I of them. I hate to say it was a good time. Some of them I didn't realize fell in that club, but yeah, mine, my idea of the 27 Club will probably always be uh, Brian Jones, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison. Whereas it's different for you guys, and that's cool. Not I mean, drastically. Not drastically different, but you, but you have more that were in your time that you knew better. I mean, I don't know any... I yeah, mean, are we more, I know. Are we more cultured? Yes. That's yes, correct. that's it. That's it. <laughs> like, I, I'd really... Other I mean, I know one Amy Winehouse song. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's, that's all I know. I said no, no, no. Nirvana? I like a lot of songs by Nirvana. So, yeah, like, Kurt do. Cobain. Edgy fuck. Well, I've got... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you edgy fuck. The only one that... The only Shut up, I, Mom! The only <laughs> album I bought... Me. <laughs> the only one I bought was Unplugged in New York. Just because I could actually really follow along with the lyrics. On the other ones, I, I confess I couldn't understand most of what he was saying most of the time. Mitchell was making fun of it earlier, but Heart Shaped Box is like one of my like favorites. I never okay, thought I, that, I never, I never thought much of that one. <laughs> no, I, listen, I didn't like that one that listen, much. Listen, 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 <laughs> listen. <laughs> the only people I've ever met that like really fuck with Nirvana, like really, like hardcore fuck with Nirvana. Is like little e boys, right? And that's that's this guy. That's, what? That's, that's, that's this guy. I feel so attacked. No, no, no. Like he was sitting in his room, you know, thinking about like all the shit he wanted to break and like all the all that shit. And like his mom would come in and he'd be like blasting fucking in in Odoro. And she'd be like, "Honey, why don't you come downstairs for dinner?" He's like, "No, bitch! <laughs> Look at me. I'm fifty pounds. I don't fucking eat food. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you don't understand me." And fuck dad, too. <laughs> I have headphones like a cultured adult. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he did it. The I was o- quiet. Yeah, he did it the audio file. Yeah, okay, no, let's do it. Let's take two. <laughs> take two. Because Austin is quiet. I was more like, no, mom, listen, fuck off, okay? I'm listening to... <laughs> I'm listening to fucking Nirvana, mom. Do you understand? What do I ask? Do I ask you for anything? No. <laughs> I make my own fucking breakfast. I go to school. I come home. I say hey to my sister. Make sure she's cool. Let me fucking listen to my Nirvana, man. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> the one thing. But you guys discovered them when? I mean, um, you would have been... I would have been in, like, grade school, high school, when I found out who Nirvana was. Well, I scared my mom a little bit. I was young, like, young, young, when I found them. And I printed out his suicide note, and I, like, put it on my wall. My mom saw it. God, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. She's like, what the fuck is this? Why? Yeah. <laughs> I was but, trying to feel it. You know? I was trying to feel right. 
But he <laughs> he died when you said you were what a year old, ninety four. I wasn't even born. Not even I was born. born a year later. Oh, okay. I was born okay. that year, but after that. Okay, so you guys. Okay, see me on the other hand. I'm 21 when he dies. Yeah. So I saw the the explosion that was. Oh yeah. yeah. And and everything thereafter. And that's why I couldn't. Because that used to be the thing. Oh, he is the voice of a generation. He's the new John Lennon. He's the da 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 da. I was it. Not not to not to be insensitive. Sure. Like, just because I could see this too. Was it almost like annoying at some point because people that probably didn't even really fuck with him were like coming out and being like, Wow, he's such an inspiration. Like, I'm so upset, I'm so depressed. I, don't, I feel like that happens a lot. I don't remember a whole lot of celebrity, honestly. Yeah. I mean, he was still pretty new, only three studio albums. Right. I know and this is gonna surprise a lot of people, I know somebody that really found something in him that this is going to surprise you guys is Michael Stipe from R.E.M. Mm-hmm. Those two. I want to say he's the one that inducted him into the Hall of Fame. And, and I want to say there was always a thing that maybe him and Courtney had a thing too that, with Michael Stipe, but Michael Stipe probably was the one, the name that I knew that talked about how big a loss this was and how, how much he meant to music and things of that nature. I don't remember a whole lot of what I considered false lip service. I really don't. I mean, I'd, I'd have to look back, but I know what you're talking about. You know, when everybody, when somebody passes away, everybody talks about how great they were, even if they weren't, just because that's that fake lip service that you're supposed to pay celebrity. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember a whole lot of that with Kurt. I really don't. I mean, Kurt Lauder that I mentioned from MTV, he was always really up on everything so when he talked about it i think he meant every word and and yeah michael stipe so when you listen to my hero by foo fighters is that about kurt cobain <laughs> i thought that was uh oh no no i'm thinking heroes is a david bowie song no. that wasn't yeah i don't know i don't know i'm not the biggest foo fighters guy either i like everything that i've seen from david girl I like his attitude about a lot of stuff, but I can't say I'm the biggest Foo Fighters guy. Whoa. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, I, I think I think Dave. Wow. Grohl, I think Dave Grohl is an awesome person. Yes. But I. It's yeah. not. It's not e boy enough for you guys. They're too. They're too no. bad rock for you. What, no. What's going on? No, I just. Not enough emotion for you. No, I just. I just. <laughs> I want really, to kill myself. I've only right heard now. what you hear on the radio, and I've never really sought it out. Which one? everything they've had on the radio I'd probably uh, know but I and it like sounds fine hit after hit after right hit after hit. I mean it, it sounds fine to me but it doesn't I don't know it, it doesn't yeah, I've never sought out like oh I want to yeah. listen to Foo Fighters yeah it doesn't really speak to me like I know it does yeah, a lot of people really for you man I, <laughs> yeah. I, I get it I but get I mean it. no 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 I get it I get it I get it I, I see but it. I know a number of years ago when they were playing Milwaukee he went to the Cheese Castle Mars Cheese Castle Dave That's Grohl where I'm did. seeing them in July, not at the Cheese Castle, yeah. but he's playing in... But you know Mars Cheese Castle. Yeah, yeah of course. They posted because... Of course I know, know, I'm just saying. I, <laughs> I follow their page because I love ah, that place. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I remember yeah, when they posted yeah. on there, they had their surveillance footage and they asked him, hey, can we post that? And he said, sure. He bought like 20 shirts Fuck. from Mars Cheese Castle. And he wore it that night <laughs> at the show. And they're like, Dave Grohl was just here and he was the nicest guy. And I'm like, yeah, he seems like he a very a cool dude. He seems like it. I mean, 
I mean, engaging in a, a drum battle with that 12-year-old girl. Yeah. And, and then going on, what was it, Col- or Colbert or whatever, Stephen Colbert, and saying, yeah, I, I stopped the, the feud with her because she kicked my ass. I mean, how many mega rock stars are going to say, yeah, this little 12-year-old girl beat my ass and dropped it? She, she kept up. Yeah. But he's, he's like, yeah, she won. Yeah, he just cool seems dude. like a very yeah. You see, you're always seeing video footage of him pulling up a young fan in the front and letting them yes. sing or play the guitar or something, and then he usually gives guitars away so to the, people. So the show that he played in Champaign a couple of years ago, uh-huh. he pulled a dude up on stage to sing, and he sang fucking Tom Sawyer by Rush. It was hilarious. Yeah, really, <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> but but he also had a quote, and I I don't remember it. I don't want to misquote, but he's he's had a quote about the music industry now, and he was like. It's not all about, for him, he's like, music isn't all this auto-tune and all this bullshit. He's like, it should be dirty. It should be grimy. Sing your fucking heart out, and I'll appreciate it. I don't care what it sounds like. If you're singing from your heart, I'll appreciate you. And I was just like, that's fucking Biggest thing he has a problem with is, like, the the talent shows on TV, like American Idol. That's what it was about. That's what it was about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... He was like, this I'm, isn't fucking a talent show. He's like, it's fucking music. It's subjective. Like, right. And that's where I'm, that that quote really put me yeah. on his side. Because I was like, yeah, I agree. The fact that show tells you if you're good enough, like, tell right. them to go fuck themselves. Right. He's like, I'm self-taught. Nobody fucking told me anything. Like, I fucking made this shit. Yeah. And, and so I mean, while we're on that topic, I mean, let's talk about, how about Dave Grohl? I mean, what was he, 19 when Nirvana hit? He was young, man. So, I mean, Jesus. The, I don't want to say a charmed life, but he has. He's been in it. For he's, a been long in it. Time. he's been well, in it for a long time. Well, you don't hear a lot of like controversies about the man either. No, and I wonder if some of that didn't come from those Nirvana years happening when he was so young. Yeah, he saw. All right, this beast will eat me up if I let it. What's weird is uh, after Nirvana, you really didn't hear anything from Novoselic. Like he kind of just no, I don't. Disappeared. I think he has. I think I read somewhere that he has projects that he's dabbled with yeah but yeah and that dude's like six nine yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah chris novoselic is like six nine it's ridiculous but uh yeah girl just seems like a really cool guy and, and i do wonder if being as young as he was when nirvana hit if that didn't shape a lot of how laid back and, and pretty fucking private he is yeah because i wonder if he didn't see all right kurt was probably a pretty private guy until this happened and then the guy couldn't take a piss on the corner without somebody knowing about it and writing about it. Yeah. I, not that it'll ever happen. Dave Grohl, if you're listening, I'd love to interview you. <laughs> well, <laughs> because I think, I think that has a lot to... I think I, the difference is, though, is I think, I think Dave Grohl doesn't mind the attention, though. I feel like he, he doesn't... But I think he's also a no bullshit guy. No, If he I gets agree attention too. for a bullshit reason, I think he'll call it a bullshit reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't think he minds. But if you're trying to make stories or oh, make yeah. your name on something of his, I think he'll just say, no, that's bullshit. Well, yeah, I think to this day he still, like, declines to talk about, like, the Courtney Love situation. And he right. declines to talk about, like, that kind of shit. Because he's like, no. Yeah. He's like, I'm not even going to humor that. Yeah. So maybe I won't get to interview Dave because my interview would simply be how much did that experience yeah. shit? <laughs> Let me ask you this question. Dave. Yeah, basically how much did that yeah. situation... <laughs> Courtney Love. 
That's it. No, <laughs> no, no. I wouldn't even go that far. I, I would say basically how much did the Nirvana situation and how it was handled at the time shape how you've you could ask gone him about it. I think, I think yeah. he's answered questions similar to that. Yeah. He would answer that. Yeah. I'm saying this because I know him. We're good friends. Oh, okay. He, he okay. They hang out on the weekends. Yeah. yeah. Oh. We agree that Foo Fighters isn't really an Austin band. <laughs> okay. We've we've come to terms with that. Fair enough. I'm yeah. too e boy. He's too much of an e boy. The man. fighters of Foo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's got too many angsty tattoos over there. <laughs> I saw a tattoo similar to yours on a lady at the at the store the other day. Ooh. I almost talked to her just because of it. It's the old style microphone. She had it, I think, up on her forearm, though. Uh, yeah. We're going to get to that after the podcast. Okay. All right. Well, I've I mean, got nothing else. Listen, man. If any of those names triggered anybody and they want to hear more, let me know. I'll talk about it. Yeah, I'd, I'd talk about Janice and Jim, Jimmy any, any day. I don't know as much about Brian Johnson. I've never been a Stones guy. Take a fucking hint from Priscilla, man. If there's a fucking topic you want, say it. Yes. I'll talk about it. Yes. I'll talk about it. Let Listen, man, hey, I got to put this in and I'm going to put it in the end because that's how much of a petty fuck I am, right? But like, so we got our first like kind of constructive criticism. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm just going to say it here. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll unload it. it. Yeah, listen. So our podcast friend, our mutual podcast friend, Russ, okay, did his podcast from the graces of my heart, you know, promoted the fuck out of this guy, you know, comes out on his fucking personal Facebook after he posted the Chris Benoit episode and basically like says like, if you're a true WWE fan, this doesn't hit it, man. I'm like, hold the fuck on. What? Hold on. <laughs> let's let's hit pause for a second, okay? <laughs> First of all, fuck you. <laughs> okay? Second off, like, here's the thing. I thought we covered quite a fucking bit. At least I... at least for the what? The hour, hour and a half that we talked about it? Yeah. Could we yeah. have maybe covered his whole fucking life? Sure, we could. But that would take hours. That would take part upon part upon part, right? We have shit to fucking do. We have th- we have other topics to get to. You know what I mean? And for the time that we talked about him, I mean, we did pretty much just as good as the fucking Dark Side of the Ring episode did. What does he feel about that? Is that not good enough? What the fuck is good enough? Does he want to know, like, what a semen tastes like? Does he want to know, like, that he fucking ate at Hardee's and fucking Peoria and he fucking had dinner with them and he told them that, like, his fucking life story with the Bible and told them what his favorite Bible verse is? Did he fucking tell him his fucking master plan? Like, what the fuck? Like, what else was I supposed to say? <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> when you give me constructive criticism, that's bullshit. Like, okay, sorry that we didn't fucking wrestle professionally, Russ. My bad. Sorry I wasn't on the fucking... Sorry I wasn't backstage <laughs> in the fucking stampedes and didn't fucking smell sweat. Well, I don't know this guy at all. But just based on what you're saying... I, but hey, what what does he mean if you're a true WWE fan? This wasn't it. I mean, no, Chris, Chris it, Benoit. I use you speaking. I think exclusively to to Chris Benoit. He asked me a question about it. I I I might have had a part to do with that because he he had mentioned it to me. Oh, please tell. And I I was like, he's like, yeah, I listened to it. I, I interviewed like Mitchell. Um, he's like, would you ever want to come on? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to come on. And he uh, 
he, I forgot what exactly he asked me about Chris Benoit. And I was like, Russ, I'm going to be a hundred percent clear with you. I don't know dick about wrestling. Like I, I don't know a thing like that is all Brian and Mitchell. That, that probably let him down a little bit. I think that was a moment for him to be like, oh, Austin actually might know something about that. I don't know anything about it. I Listen. felt like the idea was we hit on the tragedy. Uh-huh. That's what brought it. And that's, that's our what fucking makes our, show. Our show right. is about talking about tragic events. Is our show about talking about his fucking jockstrap size? Fuck no. <laughs> and no, I thought not. we did a very good job of saying Thank all the you. stuff that you have to go through. If you're in the wrestling business. Thank you. We talked about the fact that they're on the road 300 some odd days a year. Listen, I don't have any... I'm sorry. At the end of the day... I I don't understand that one. I I welcome constructive criticism too, but I don't understand that Listen, yeah. Okay. At the end of the day, like, I know what this sounds like coming out of me right now. I know. I understand. (laughs) At the end of the day, like, I don't have any ill will against this guy. Like, I did his podcast. I'm cool with him. I want to stay cool with him. So, like... Let's just get that straight. But, like, if you're going to post something publicly that says, like, bullshit like that, like, I'm looking for constructive criticism. I'm not looking for criticism that's just like, oh, well, you're not a fuck. If you're not, like, trying to deter people away that are not true WWE fans, don't listen to this episode. It's like, okay, maybe instead of saying that, you know, say, hey, if you want some insight on the Chris Benoit episode, listen to their podcast. Mm -hmm. If you want to know more about it, Here's some other fucking things that you can get right. to. Why the fuck couldn't that be this, right? Why which, couldn't you say that? Which, how many times did we mention the dark side of the ring in that episode? Plenty of times. A number of times. Plenty of times. Because it is the best thing that I've seen. Yes. And, and, it, and I don't care. This might fly in the face, but it's better than our podcast because they are intimately involved. But that's the thing. That's the thing that I want people to understand. Our goal was to not tell you more about him than other outlets have. That was never the goal. The goal was was to cover the tragic event of Chris Benoit because that's what our show fucking focuses on. That's always been... We're not... This is not a secret. Like, we're morbidly macabre, all right? We're not fucking documentarians, Mm -hmm. right? We're not. We're fucking not, okay? I have a fucking other job, okay? I I can't get over the... Did you want to know what his semen tasted (laughs) like? All I can think about right now. Listen. <laughs> such a jarring comment. Listen. <laughs> Don't <laughs> fuck with me, okay? If you're, like I said, at the end of the day, I want your constructive criticism. But I said this months ago. Like, make it fucking good. Like, if it's constructive criticism, make it good fucking constructive criticism. Don't give me constructive criticism based on your fucking niche fucking whatever. I don't give a shit. Like, if you don't... If if an episode is, like, not particular enough for you, then don't fucking listen to me. That's not my goal, okay? That's not the goal. If you... Like I said, listen to our show, listen to the episode, and then if you're interested in it more, if you're mm-hmm. like, man, I still have a couple of questions. I didn't know about this. It's super interesting. Go fucking look elsewhere. Look into it more. Come out of the show and fucking teach me, Right? Don't fucking go on social media and say, hey, don't listen to this fucking episode if you're not, you know, if you're if you're a huge WWE fan, nah, this ain't it. You can you can skip this. Good good effort though. I think he added at the end. He was like, good effort though, guys. Good effort. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what a fucking backhanded, like. You know what? I'm gonna go on I'm gonna go back on there. I'm gonna go back on there. I'm gonna let him pick the topic. 
I'm gonna go through the whole thing, <laughs> and then I'm gonna wait, and he's gonna post it. I'm gonna be like, hey guys, listen. <laughs> if you're not a, if you're not like a number one fan of Britney Spears, just don't fucking, don't, don't listen to it. It's not worth your time, okay? There's better shit out there. We had a good effort though. <laughs> Watch the Crossroads movie. It's fucking. That's a good start, right? <laughs> that's a good fucking start, you know. Mm. Listen, we're just three guys having a great fucking time. Want you guys to have a good time with us. Sorry for that fucking five minute rant there, but hopefully some of you that have been riding and dying hard with us since day one, hopefully you guys appreciate it because you get the sense of humor that we have right. at the show. You ride for us. You're our number one fans. Not him. You. So we appreciate you. Thank you. So I am I can only speak for myself. I don't know what these fucks are thinking. But like, yeah, we're going to be more fucking consistent going forward on this, uh, on this show. Things are on the back burner now. You know, we got through our fucking... We got through our shit that we had to do. I totally wasn't a part of that. I was free this whole time. You know, I had no part of that. You know, I got them all together again. Got the band together again. We're all good. Uh, fucking asshole. <laughs> hope you appreciate Mitchell's all, efforts. Yeah, I hope you appreciate my efforts and uh, the way that I take constructive criticism so well. Um, and I hope that you appreciate 27 Club. Totally not going to be a part of that in the coming months. So let's let's yeah. keep the count. Yeah, you guys get past that. And uh, yeah, keep listening to the podcast. Review us on Apple Podcast. Hit that fucking subscribe button. Come show us some fucking love. Come and buy your tickets at the cons that we're going to be at. Come and meet mm -hmm. us in person. Come see my face. Mm -hmm. Let me sign your tits. Let's do this thing. It's all good. Yeah. Midwest Monster Fest in September. I don't go. recall the date off the top of my head. I believe it's the first weekend of September. Maybe Midwest Austin will actually fucking Monster get off Fest. work, you know, maybe? Maybe. Uh, Dead Con, October, what, 15 through 17, and then Dark History and Horror Convention on October 23rd. Let's do it. We should be, be at great. all of the fall season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we'll have more news for you about those things as well. Yeah. I feel, no, I'm not going to throw any more plugs in right oh, now. Oh, no. No. Nah. Nah. More to come, though. Yeah, more to come. More to come. Yeah. Sweet, man. Morbidly macabre. Trademarked. Copyrighted. It's on. Woo! Peace. Chicken grease.